Hi, I'm Pastor Larry Cole, and you're listening to Torchbearers. I appreciate you tuning in and downloading today, and uh, I would ask if you would uh, share it, like it, uh, spread the word around, and just help us uh, gain um, more momentum as we're going forward. Uh, I'm really excited about what the Lord's doing in the earth. We are coming to the end of the Jewish year 5782. And I know um, every uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, uh, but then also on the Gregorian calendar, December 31st, uh, a lot of people like to share things that the Lord is telling them is coming in um, the following year. So we are uh, a little over a month away from Rosh Hashanah, so we are finishing out the year 5782 on the Hebrew calendar and going into 5783. And it never fails every year. Um, Rosh Hashanah, sometime during that week, I, I see the Lord begin to uh, like turn the page on history and on current events, um, not only for the world, but also for the body of Christ, and then also for the individual believers. So it was back in June that I felt the Holy Spirit telling me that in August, the entire body of Christ would be entering into a new season. So uh, at the time of this recording, we're about two-thirds of the way through, uh, well, not quite two-thirds. We're about halfway through August, um, August of 2022, and I'm already um, getting word this week that a lot of people are seeing things change in their lives, uh, things with business, things with relationships, um, things with uh, jobs and so there is a, a shifting and it does seem like the Lord is positioning people where he wants them to be and I just want to encourage you finish strong finish this season strong um, I know a lot of people are growing weary in well-doing but I just want to encourage you um, don't worry about striving and pushing to get things done um, the, the key to the success of the year 5782, the Lord told me a year ago, that the key to this would be to rest. Uh, Hebrews uh, 13 and 14 talk about resting in Him, and that means just trusting in His Word, trusting in His Spirit, trust that God's got this, trust that His Word is able, trust that His Spirit is able. And all I have to do is love him. So that brings me into today's topic, and that is prayer. So I see across the body of Christ, there is just a, a wide spectrum of levels of praying and levels of prayers, uh, those who participate in prayer. Uh, I'm seeing everything from the deepest um, intercessors who can pray for six, eight, ten hours a day um, and just get into the Word, get into the Lord, touch the Father's heart, and just stay there for hours. And hallelujah, that's great. Where would the church be without intercessors? But then on the other side of the spectrum, I'm seeing people who don't have a prayer life. And it's not because they don't want to. Uh, everybody I meet, uh, that are born again believers, they, they want a prayer life, but for whatever reason, they are unable to have the prayer life that they wish they wanted. And it's for various reasons. Uh, a lot of times it's because of maybe secret sin 
that they have in their life so they don't have a good conscience. Uh, a lot of times it's just that they need to get free from the sin of their past. Even though they've repented of it, God's forgiven them of it, um, things have happened in their past, they've made wrong decisions or uh, things happen to them, and they're born again and they're washed in the blood, they're forgiven, they're, they're, they've been set free but they are having trouble getting free from the shame, from the guilt, and, and their conscience is being held back uh, from even entering into the presence of God. But I, I just want to encourage you, if this is you, God's got a place for you. And I, I just want to tell you right now, whatever you think your identity is, whatever um, mold that you have allowed yourself to be dropped into and you think that this is your destiny to stay in that mold for the rest of your life on earth I just want to challenge you um, if you will begin to take to heart the things that I'm talking about today God will begin to break that mold off of you and I think this goes for anybody at any level of walk with God uh, whether you're an amateur um, praying believer or you're um, a, a professional. Uh, you do this for a living. I just want to challenge you. God wants to break the mold, and I just speak right now over you that the mold is about to break, that the labels that have put up been put on you, even by yourself, those labels are being taken off, and God is writing a new tag and placing it upon you, and you are about to enter into the deeper things in life. So I think across the spectrum, everybody wants to uh, know how to pray. And one of the biggest hurdles is what we have made prayer. Um, prayer has become a, a one little slice of the pie. And we think that prayer is for certain people, just like preaching is for certain people. Evangelism is for certain people. And we think that's for them and not for me. But here, here's the thing. Um, intercession is, is a word that's used in the scripture to describe those who pray to the Lord. Intercession means to stand between the Lord and between the person that we're praying for and to connect the two. So it's kind of like an intercessor is a bridge. So a lot of times those of us who are familiar with that term intercessor or intercession, we think that that belongs to just a couple of people in our congregation or some people in another congregation that we know of. But you know, the Bible says that Jesus is, is our intercessor, and it says the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. And that doesn't just mean that they make intercession. When the Bible speaks of the attributes of God, it's not saying that he has that. What it's saying is he is that. So intercession and prayer is not a verb. It's not to describe who somebody is, but it's a noun that God wants to bring us into this identity as someone who prays. So before I lose you and you think, well, this uh, message isn't for me today, hold on. I want to help you gain a better understanding of what prayer is so that you can move into your heart's desires. I don't know of any believer, any Christian, that God has not given them the desire to want to fellowship with Him. How would you like to sit down and to talk 
with the creator of the universe. That's what prayer is. It's fellowship. So real quick, one of the reasons that I'm doing this podcast today is I recently made a statement and someone asked me to elaborate on it. And the statement is this, those who know how to pray will be his disciples. Those who know why to pray will be his ambassadors. So let's take that first line and break it down a little bit. Those who know how to pray. Prayer um, in its purest form is this. Prayer is fellowship. Prayer is connecting with God. Prayer is talking with God, listening to God. Prayer is just being with Him. If I were to ask someone, hey, would you like to get together for a cup of coffee? And we go and sit down for an hour or more and and we just get to know each other. That is the purest form of prayer, just to sit down with God and get to know Him. It's not about running into His presence and, and telling Him what the earth needs, what the church needs, what my family needs. Oh, Jesus, help me save my kids, um, give me a job, all that. Man, if that's your line of prayer, um, things have to change. God wants so much more from us. He doesn't want prayer to just be a time on our way to work um, or early in the morning. He wants it to become our identity. He wants us to pray always, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? To be in constant awareness of his presence and, and as a result, be in constant fellowship with him. You will release what you are aware of. So if you're aware of the presence of God and, and you, you build it up to where there is less time during the day that you're aware of his presence than not aware, you're going to find that the presence of God just begins to surround you and flow from you and move uh, into those atmospheres around you, into your marriage, into your family, into your home, into your workplace. And the funny thing is, you don't even have to say a word. Just being aware of his presence releases his presence. Why? Because the block from the Holy Spirit that is within you as a believer, the block from his presence flowing out of you is in the mind. It's in the heart. It's, it's in the desires and the hunger of the heart. The, the blockage is in the things that our minds are being entertained with. Um, and, and even priorities and obligations, you know, um, we all have to get up and go to work and, and make a living. And sometimes it's hard to focus on what we've got going on at work and to be aware of his presence. Um, but I even knew a man some years ago who made uh, a, a bracelet out of uh, a little piece of string and just put it on his wrist loosely. And it wasn't anything great, nothing to draw attention. But for him, it was a reminder. The Lord is with me. I take him with me everywhere. He's with me just as much as this little rope bracelet that I have put on my arm. And every time I see it, it's a reminder that God is with me no matter what I've done. I'm born again. I've got his DNA and he is with me. So I really want to encourage every one of us just begin to be more aware of his presence. All right. So let's take a look at a scripture. Um, this is Matthew chapter 5 starting at verse 43, Matthew 5, verse 43 through 48. And here's what it says. This is in red letters, so this is Jesus talking. 
Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his Son, S-U-N, to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So, in this, Jesus is talking about, hey, this is the way it is. I know you've heard that it's one way, but I want to tell you it's another way. So, this is a lot of what prayer is about. Um, prayer is knowing that there are certain ways that we are looking at the world, we're looking at people, we're looking at the church, uh, even certain ways that we're looking at God that when we begin to fellowship with Him, when we enter into a lifestyle and identity of prayer, God begins to speak to us and reveal things about Himself that we just haven't thought of. And it becomes more real who He is and what He does. So one of the first things that I want to point out in this is, if I were to ask in a room of, of, of Christians, how many of you, out of a hundred Christians, how many of you are perfect? Um, more than likely, there might be two people that would raise their hand, um, and one of those probably because they had fallen asleep and didn't know what the question was. Um, so if I were to ask how many people out of a hundred Christians are perfect, probably no one would raise their hand. Yet Jesus said this, therefore you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, why would Jesus tell us to be perfect if he didn't think that we were unable to do it? Well, first of all, <laughs> that word perfect means to be complete, to be whole, to be finished, to reach a level of maturity in the Lord that he wants us to have. He says, therefore, you are to be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. So Jesus is saying you have the ability to be perfect just like the Father in heaven is perfect. In Him there's no darkness. In Him is light. He is pure. He is holy. He is sanctified. Um, there is nothing. There is absolutely no blemish in God. And Jesus tells us to be exactly the same way. How do we do that? Well, He just gave us a hint in the prior verses. You have heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So, what he's saying is there is a place in God where you can just set people free, where those who come against you, those who have hurt you, those who have wounded you, those who have done you wrong, forgive them. And forgiveness isn't a feeling, it's a choice. Just choose to forgive them, choose to release them, um, choose to know that, that in ignorance of, of what happened, they came against you and you can release them. Uh, a wise man recently told me, he said, if, if you did something wrong, then you have a problem. But if you were innocent, you have a trial. I'm going to repeat that. If you did something wrong, you have a problem. 
But if you were innocent, you have a trial. So a lot of times we find ourselves in circumstances where we did something wrong. We did mess up. We talked back to someone. We, we said something to hurt someone. We did something to hurt someone. Well, then I've got a problem. And it's a self-created problem. And the thing with problems is we just have to humble ourselves. We have to go to God first and get forgiveness. Then we need to start um, getting forgiveness from the people that we've hurt and start trying to do uh, right in the situation and make up for what we did wrong. So I've got a problem, but there is no problem too big for God. If it's something that I've done, I've got a problem. If I'm innocent, if I did nothing, yet the circumstances are that I'm un unjustly blamed um, or someone has suffered because of something I did, even though I didn't do it on purpose, even though my heart's motives were pure, even though I was trying to help them, and, and now I'm being falsely accused. If I did nothing wrong, then what I'm in is a trial. The difference between a problem and a trial, a problem is related to a trespass sin, and I've got to get things right with God and right with those people. A trial is God is allowing you to be persecuted. He is allowing you to suffer, and he's waiting to see how you respond. I tell people all the time, I'm not so much interested in what you're going through, even though that concerns me. What concerns me more is how you're handling what you're going through. How are you handling the trial? Are you staying upright? Are you staying humble? Are you staying connected with the Lord? So in this passage of scripture, Jesus says, my father in heaven is perfect. He is absolutely perfect. There is nothing wrong with him at all. <clears throat> and he admonishes us, be just like my father, be just like him, be perfect, be complete, be whole. How do we do that? We become love just like our father so I tell people all the time every day just receive the love of God so this is not just an, an act of something that I'm doing but just like the love of God isn't something that God has it's not something that my father just holds in his hand it's who he is and by receiving the love of God I'm becoming who he is and the love of God covers not only a multitude of sin, but it covers the sins of the multitude. So all these people that have hurt you and done you wrong, if you'll just begin receiving the love of God, you will have that same love to shed abroad and, and release all these people and forgive them. So Jesus says, be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. All right, so Jesus saw that the Father was perfect. He's doing all these miracles. He's, he's releasing people from bondages of sin and of sickness and disease. And he's talking about who the Father is. So Jesus really has a lot going on. So in the very next chapter, the passage that I just read is at the end of Matthew chapter 5. In the very next passage, um, just down to verse uh, 5, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. So they've been watching Jesus and they're putting two and two together and they're like, man, this guy has so much ability that 
is just glorious, that people are, are just running up and saying, wow, what he's doing, he must be the Messiah. Um, so they're, they're seeing Jesus live this life of power, this life of purity, this life of, of repentance, meaning um, thinking about things different, seeing things different, talking about things differently. Um, and as a result, we think it's a part of his prayer life. We think that he's doing all this because of the prayer life that he's got. So they ask Jesus, teach us to pray. So let me talk a little bit about prayer. Um, prayer, again, it's not just a 10-minute commute on the way to work, something that I do. God wants it to become our identity. With anything that we do in life that is worthwhile, and friend, let me tell you, if you're a Christian, God expects you to have a prayer life. He expects you to connect with Him every day, talk with Him, fellowship with Him every day. This is what God expects of us. Whether it's two hours, five hours, eight hours, 30 minutes, that's between you and God. I'm going to leave that uh, up to you. But if, if you just pray 15 minutes a day, I don't want you to be condemned by those who pray eight hours a day. I don't want you to feel like you're less of a person. God is more into quality than he is into quantity. A person that, that touches the heart of God and, and prays for 15 minutes can, can have more effect on the heart of God and their surroundings than someone who would pray eight hours a day, but it's just out of works. It's wanting to please the Lord uh, just by what we do. So the disciples come to Jesus and they're like, teach us to pray, teach us to pray. And he gives us the Lord's Prayer starting in verse 9. But here's the thing, before we go into the Lord's Prayer, I, I want to help you get off to a good start. And here's the biggest key. All right, you ready? If you want the prayer life to come into your your identity, your being, you want to have a prayer life like you've never had before, here's the key. Worship. That's it. So many people, they want to sit down and they want to pray and they just sit down and they start talking to God and after just a, a few short minutes, they realize it's kind of like I've just been talking to myself or they convince themselves, well, God hears me and He knows that I'm, I'm praying even though deep down they feel like I've just been speaking to the wall. That's not much of a prayer life to have. So here's the key. The key to prayer. You ready? Unlock the door, put the key in, is worship. Turn that key and open the door. It's worship. Worship Him. In fact, I even challenge people all the time. Don't worry about asking God for anything. Go, go for the next week and make up your mind. I'm not going to ask God for anything. All I'm going to do is worship Him. All I'm going to do is adore Him. All I'm going to do is lavish my love on Him. All I'm going to do is is think of all the attributes of God and I'm going to praise Him for all those attributes. I'm just going to worship. Worship is the key to a strong prayer life. In fact, just like we, I said a minute ago, prayer isn't just something we do, but it's something that God wants us to become. The same way with worship. God doesn't want us to just sing a song. He doesn't want us to just worship. He wants us to be a worshiper. 
those who worship him in spirit and in truth, these are the ones that the Father is seeking. Why? Why would he want me to worship in spirit and in truth? Well, in the next verse it says, because God is a spirit. God is a spirit. So it's only in that spiritual place that we can truly connect with God who is a spirit. So if I'm just sitting down and talking to God in some shallow prayer, I'm really not connecting with him. Um, probably what I'm, I'm doing is more for me than it is for him. And that's a huge key to prayer. It's not about me. It's all about him. What is prayer? It's fellowship with God. And what does fellowship with God do? It satisfies his heart. If you look at the overall picture of creation from the beginning to the end, why did God create this earth? Why did he create humanity? Why did he send his son? It wasn't just to rescue us from our sin and, and deliver us from darkness to pay off the debt of our iniquity. It was because God longs for fellowship. He longs for us to sit down and explore his heart, to learn who he is, to get to know him. He longs for this. So I, I just wanna encourage you, please don't be discouraged. Please don't think, well, I tried that and it just didn't work and it's not happening for me. So I guess somebody else is gonna have to pray. <laughs> Friend, God has so much of himself reserved for you. For you specifically, I just want to encourage you, please don't give up. Keep pressing in. God wants to know you and you to know him. And he wants to explore this relationship together. And it begins with worship. Forget about prayer. Forget everything that you know about prayer and just start with this. Whatever kind of, of music it is or even in silence, whatever um, pushes you most to worship the Lord, go to that place. Go to that place in worship and just begin to worship Him. And, and just do that. Um, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is within you, Jesus said. So we're not seeking the kingdom. If you're a born again believer, the kingdom is within you. So don't worry about seeking the kingdom. Don't worry about the effects that, that God is going to have um, on the things that you need. The scripture says that God knows what you have need of before you even ask. So why waste your time asking? Well, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Yes, but it also says that if you just seek him and his righteousness, seek him, not your, your problems, not answers to your problems, not your provision, not your needs, seek him and his righteousness. What does that mean? Seek to be one with him, to connect with him, seek to have his arms wrapped around you so that you guys are inseparable. You and the Lord seek him and his righteousness and all these things that, that God knows you have need of before you even ask will be added unto you. So this is the foundation of a prayer life. This is the key that'll take you through doors that you've never been into. 
Go into your prayer closet. Go into your car. Get in the secret place, a quiet place. Turn your phone off. Get in a place where you are not distracted and just begin to worship Him. And don't stop until you get in His presence. Here's the biggest thing about worship, and I'm almost done. The biggest thing about worship, number one, it will begin to reveal to you who He is. Yes, you know that He is great, He is wonderful, you know all these attributes of God, but when you really begin to worship Him in that quiet place, you'll begin to see the reality of those attributes. If there's one thing to ask, it's this, Holy Spirit, help me to worship Jesus. Help me to worship Him. Empower me, Holy Spirit. Let your, your thoughts fill my mind about who He is so that I can begin to see those attributes and to praise Him for those attributes, to worship Him for His love, for His kindness, for His gentleness, to worship Him because He has never left me nor forsaken me, even in my darkest hour, even in my greatest sin. He was right there with me, waiting on me to ask Him for help, waiting on me to worship Him, waiting on me to be there with Him. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to know who He is, and you'll get this out of worship more than anything. This is the beginning of a powerful prayer life. And then second, I'll end with this. When you worship the Lord, there's that point where you feel, wow, I just entered into His presence. I've just connected with Him. You'll know that your worship is having an impact. And as a result, this humility will come over you. This is the fear of the Lord. When we see how great God is, this causes us to be humble and this causes us to have the fear of the Lord rest upon us. Uh, we read in the Bible where people would, would see even angels, not even the Lord them, himself, but they would just see angels and they would fall at their feet as dead men. And these angels would pick them back up, dust them off and, and tell them, stand I got something I need to talk to you about. You can't be laying there like a dead man. And it's the same way with the Lord. The Lord appears to people and they're just in shock. They're in awe. This is a humbling place. Just worship the Lord and begin to see who He is. Worship Him. Don't worry about what you have need of. He will add all these things unto you. Just worship Him. This is the key to prayer. So, we, what we're going to do is the result of worshiping Him is we're going to begin to experience His love. And with His love comes all the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So friend, I just want to encourage you, just worship the Lord. Don't worry about asking for things. Just worship Him. Create an atmosphere in your soul that is as pure as God. If the devil brings people to your mind that have done you wrong or you've got trouble with them, man, in the presence of God, just choose to release them and forgive them and make a mental note. I'm going to call that person and I'm going to take responsibility even if, if I was the one that was wronged. Even if they falsely accuse me or they did me wrong, I'm going to call that person and I'm going to make things right. I'm going to set the captives free because this is what my father does. 
when you begin to worship, you begin to take on those attributes of God, the very things that you praise Him for, that you worship Him for, those very attributes become your identity. And next thing you know, you are being transformed into the image of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is prayer. This is the beginning of connecting with God and the Holy Spirit empowers it because you are a born again believer in Jesus Christ. His Holy Spirit lives within you. So I bless you, friend. Walk with God. Worship Him and, and just make this your life goal. I may not end up being an intercessor. I may not have this label of, of ministry that other people have, but this I am. I not only worship, but I have become a worshiper. This is who I am. It's now my spiritual DNA. So I bless you in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit now begins to release this identity. Friend, just focus on the Lord and just receive right now the mantle of a worshiper. Receive the call of a worshiper. God is looking for you and He wants to be with you. Just receive His love and receive the identity that He has for who you will, will be and who you are in Him. In Jesus' name, I love you, friend.